This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Today on State of the World, the big business of illegal gold. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories, up close where they're happening. I'm Greg Dixon. In Brazil, illegal gold mining is big business. It brings in more than $2 billion a year. And nearly all of that mining is done in the Amazon, where it leaves lasting damage to the rainforest and poisons indigenous communities. NPR's Kerry Khan takes us to the town at the center of the economic boom and environmental bust. The heart of Brazil's tainted gold industry is here, deep in the Amazon, in the town of Itaituba, nicknamed Gold Nugget City. The city's official anthem praises its gold past. Its heroes are prospectors who work the land with just a pick and a promise of riches. A statue of a pioneer panning for gold graces the city's tiny plaza on the banks of the broad Tapajos River. Itaituba's 62-year-old mayor embodies its lore. There were only two streets in the city when I arrived, recalls Valmir Klimako sitting in his city hall office. That was during Itaituba's gold rush of the 1970s and 80s. It was a lot easier back then to make money, he says. Mining was so good, he sent for his 13 siblings, then for his mom and dad. But while legal areas for mining have dwindled over the years, the gold industry continues to grow. In fact, the last 10 years has brought another rush to Itaituba, although this one has been more criminal and cruel. Fueled by soaring global gold prices and lax environmental protection under Brazil's previous far-right president, the illegal trade has also been aided by a clever bill slipped through Congress 10 years ago. Dubbed the Good Faith Law, it gave gold buyers and sellers easy cover to trade in illegally mined gold. It also made Itaituba ground zero for gold sales. Junior Cesar Gomez watches as a blowtorch is ignited in the back of a small shop where he works. Freshly mined gold is heated, cleaned, and weighed here. Gomez says his dad was a prospector for 40 years, but he's never mined. Dozens of these gold shops line the streets of Itaituba. Prosecutors, lawmakers, and activists say they are the first and most critical stop in Brazil's gold trade and often the murkiest. Since passage of the Good Faith Law in 2013, gold buyers only need the seller's good word that everything is legit. No proof is necessary. Gomez insists he does more. Driving that point home, he even rejects two customers while I'm visiting. Their paperwork didn't check out, he says. Earlier this year, Brazil's Supreme Court suspended the good faith law and told the government to write new rules. They did, but the bill has stalled in Congress. And illegal gold operations continue, say activists, now outproducing Brazil's legal mining. It's huge. 
Larissa Rodriguez of the Environmental Think Tank Instituto Escolas says as much as 54% of gold mined in Brazil, more than $2.5 billion in 2021, was tainted. She says the good faith bill helped profits boom and illegal operations proliferate, many now with ties to organized crime. Because everyone involved in illegal trade was protected and with this protection felt they could invest more. They could go forward with the illegal activities. They invested in expensive, heavy equipment, replacing men with picks. River dredging and clear-cutting that took wildcatters a month could now be done in a week. Deforestation exploded, leaving behind gouged-out slurry pools tainted with mercury, used heavily in the mining process, polluting many of the Amazon's rivers. Alessandra Corap knows this well. There are few fish she'll eat these days. She's cleaning a pile of the big-bellied fish in her small Mundukuru indigenous community outside Itatuba. This species only eats berries, not other fish, so it has the least amount of mercury. She says while washing the smell off her hands. Corap walks to the banks of the Tapajos River and looks out. She says her community is under siege. We see so many planes and trucks going in and out of indigenous lands and through our rivers. It's so easy for them, she says. She applauds the stepped-up enforcement by leftist President Luis Inacio Lula da Silva. He's vowed to end Amazon deforestation by 2030. At City Hall, Itaituba's mayor, Valmir Klimako, says he's worried the crackdown is hurting his town's livelihood. Look, he says, if the prospector follows the law, I don't see anything bad. And like many in Itaituba, he wants to make sure the 20 million people who work throughout the Amazon can earn a living. But activists and authorities say many officials in the rainforest encourage illegal deforestation and mining. Several of the mayor's operations have been investigated. He was convicted of illegal clear-cutting in 2019. On a recent night, the Gold Nugget City's riverfront is bustling with carnival rides, games, and food stalls. Daniel Moreira Araujo is on a break from the gold mine he works which he says is legally permitted. Agents are out all around us burning equipment, he says. Given the rainforest's thick terrain, it's easier for officials to ignite the huge dredgers and backhoes instead of removing them. More than 2,000 have been burned so far this year. The 22-year-old says the enforcement is intimidating. Salomal Silva, with his wife and children, says the crackdown has hit Itaituba hard. We are living in a new era, and we get that laws have to be followed now, he says, especially as Brazil is facing intense international pressure to save the Amazon. But he adds he's worried about what that new economy is going to look like. Kerry Khan, NPR News, Itaituba, Brazil. That's the state of the world from NPR. And please stick with me for a quick word here. We know you value NPR's reporting from around the world, like coverage of difficult environmental issues from CariCon in Brazil. Your financial support makes it possible for us to bring you these kinds of stories. Because even though our journalism is freely available, it is not free to produce. 
So, thank you for supporting us through State of the World Plus or by donating to public media. If you're listening to this and that is not yet you, Giving Tuesday, an international day of giving, is almost here. You can give at donate.npr.org or you can learn more about NPR Plus at plus.npr.org. Links for both are in our show notes. Thank you for supporting us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear. It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast, On Investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework.